I think for me, it was like a series of cascading steps, like reading a certain book, having a certain epiphany, seeing a certain Facebook memory, and you start to connect it. And it's like a snowball. It just starts to get its own momentum. That's the voice of vegan bodybuilder Frazier Bailey, who's one half of the evolving alpha team. And this is Lean Green Dad Radio. Let's go. everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. My name's Corey. I am your host. And uh, we are proudly brought to you by the Parents on Demand Network. And if you are a busy parent like me and you're looking for some great parental podcasts, you got to check them out, parentsondemand.com. And hey, if you can, I want you to please think about subscribing to our podcast so you can get those sent to you right when a new episode drops and also leave us a review in the iTunes store if you can while you're doing that. That'd be wonderful. That means so much and it really keeps us uh, have the show going strong. Speaking of going strong, I have to mention two incredible sponsors. And I think you guys know if you've listened to the show before that I only partner with people that I believe in, that I trust, brands that I use on a daily basis. And one of those is Clean Green Protein. Now, Uh, If you're looking for the best plant-based protein on the market, and I don't just say the best because it tastes amazing. It's a vanilla chai flavor. And that's just because of the taste alone would make it the best. But no, it's, it's more about the science behind it. And you can read all about it when you go to the shop tab on leangreendad.com. It'll tell you all about this amazing product. And the main ingredient is lentine. Um, Holy cow, guys, just absolutely amazing. I've been to the plant where they grow this actual plant and uh boy this powder is 100 clean it's from my my friend jeff palmer over at clean machine he developed this product and we're so honored to sell it here on leangreendad.com so go visit the shop tab check it out it's safe for you it's safe for your kids it's a wonderful plant-based protein to help supplement your you know workout or just your everyday life if you want to uh and i'll tell you what use the code lean green 20 at checkout for 20 percent off your order again LeanGreenDad.com, shop tab, Lean Green 20 for 20% off your order. Now, second, I am drinking this mushroom coffee mix. Have you guys heard about this? Okay, so there's this company, Four Sigmatic, okay? And it's mushroom coffee, but it doesn't taste like mushrooms. I don't want you to think that it's like a weird kind of mushroom taste. It's actually medicinal mushrooms, okay? So what they do is they, they've they mixed coffee with cordyceps and chaga. What is cordyceps? Well, it's an adaptogen. An adaptogen is something that tells your body, hey, I'm coming in your body and I'm gonna find out what you need. I'm gonna give you maybe a little bit more energy. I'm gonna chill you out because you're a little stressed. Whatever your body needs, this product adapts to what you need. It is one of many adaptogens, right? Um, cordyceps is a medicinal mushroom and then you have chaga, which is just one of those things that can just kind of chill you out, you know, uh, lower the cortisol levels and help you focus. Uh, just wonderful. So I've been drinking this mushroom coffee mix from Four Sigmatic. It's great. And then they also have a hot cacao mix and uh, cacao much more beneficial than regular old chocolate. 
and uh, it's got a Rishi in it. So they, this company, Four Sigmatic, again, they, they just really take these mushrooms and they, they blow it up. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about their products uh, and their features coming up. But uh, to get a, a wonderful tasting mushroom coffee, visit foursigmatic.com slash leangreendad. That'll give you 15% off your order at checkout. Again, that's Four Sigmatic, F O U R Sigmatic, S I G M A T I C dot com slash lean green dad. That's our affiliate code that'll give you 15% off, which is a great deal. So uh, go give the mushroom coffee a try. All right, so who am I? Well, if it's your first time tuning in and hearing us for Mr. Fraser Bailey, then welcome. Uh, my name's Corey. I'm a husband, I'm a father. And I am a podcast host that creates plant-based meal plans. And, uh, you know, my these quick and easy meals I make, they, they just try to make everything simple, quick and easy. In fact, my meal plans are like 15 minutes or less for the food that I want you to make. And this is all plant-based food. You know, uh, each week I get to talk to some of the most inspiring people that I can find to help keep me motivated to stay fit, eat healthy, and really get the most out of life as a busy parent. You know, for me, finding time to work out, make healthy, quick meals for me and my family, and spend quality time together can be really hard when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks that you'll take away some quick tips or inspiration that you can use in your life to keep you and your family going strong. So um, I guess we should talk about today's guest, yeah? Uh, Fraser Bailey, if you've seen any pictures of this guy, he's massive, massive in a good way. This guy is a beast in the gym, uh, pure vegan muscle. Uh, his story is absolutely incredible. He has started off as a butcher and, you know, he just felt something wasn't right. And he slowly transitioned through a series of several different events that led him to his vegan lifestyle. Now he's one of the healthiest dudes. I know he's one of the kindest human beings on the planet that I know. And he's redefining what it means to be a man. And uh, he and his wife are just absolutely incredible. You got to check them out, Evolving Alpha. Uh, I'll give you the information in the podcast, of course. But um, let's let's just get into it. Frazier Bailey, huge vegan bodybuilder and uh, a great person. Here we go. All right, guys. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. And today we have Evolving Alpha, at least one part of Evolving Alpha, Mr. Fraser Bailey. What's going on, man? Hey, man. It's a pleasure to be here, dude. Finally. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've been trying to connect for a long time, so I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy, so thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So, um, listen, for, for a lot of people, uh, they, they're familiar with you and the vegan movement and everything that you do as far as you're helping people get, you know, fitter, stronger, mind, body, soul, everything. But uh, yeah. for, for those those very few that don't, fill us in, man. Let us let us know in a snapshot, like, who you are. Who is Evolving yeah. Alpha? Who is Frazier? Oh, man, it's it's kind of multifaceted, I guess. It's like, you know, how, how long do you have, right? Um, <laughs> so in, in, in a nutshell, I guess, you know, it's just a, been a strange evolution, you know, that's really, I think in many ways, I'm sort of like a series of paradoxes and almost like bizarre happenings where, um, in my early life, I was a butcher, um, had a lot of mental illness, you know, really just, it was like, I was a different person back then. Um, you know, I've looked at pictures and videos of how I 
interacted and how I spoke and things. And I don't even recognize that old person anymore. Um, but you know, I, I feel empathy for them, but at the same time, I appreciate them because that, that was a catalyst for where I am now. So, you know, evolving alpha, I mean, the whole brand evolving alpha is basically like we're trying to evolve the term, what the term, what it means to be alpha, like what it means to be a leader in a modern society. So typically in traditional, um, you know, tribal societies, alpha is seen as the one who hunts, who is aggressive, who dominates. We want to try and rebrand that, you know, from a, a perspective of compassion and, and changing paradigms and habits and rituals. Um, so dude, I mean, you know, veganism, um, strength training, uh, just, you know, personal development. Um, I love all that stuff. You know, that's, 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 I mean, that's the stuff that I just, I live off. Um, and just enjoy sharing my story, you know, as a, as a, and hope that, Hey, if I can tell people about my journey through mental illness and butchery and all these other issues, and I, and I was conscious enough to see the signs that, you know, anyone is capable of change. And, and when did that connection happen for you? You know, it's like, I talk about this so often with other people that it's like, you know, yeah. we, we can have our dogs and our cats and, 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 and not even think twice about eating a chicken or eating, you mm. know, uh, a full, a full, you know, piece of pig or cow or roasting these things. And I just, it's, it's kind of one and the same. And I, I feel like once you make that connection, you, you just can't go back, you know, and yeah. it's, it's that connection that that's not happening. And I, I don't think it can be forced on someone. I think it's something that you have to go through yourself. But you know, what, what was that process like for you? You know, you're, you're a yeah. butcher and you're, you're working on these things. And you, you suddenly start to see it differently. Like what, what was that? When was, when was that? It's, you know, it's funny because a lot of people sometimes think that these changes happen. It was like one pivotal moment where everything shifts. Sometimes I also think it's like a cascade of moments. So like, it's like one thing after another, after another, it's like a compounding effect where you might notice one little thing, but you're still missing the other 10 pieces of the puzzle. And then you get another piece of the puzzle and you start kind of, making more and more connections and so for me all I knew early on like the the challenge was is that I was a butcher for about six years in my teens through to my early 20s um, but when I left butchery I still didn't go vegan straight away because I was still entrenched in a lot of mental illness and the challenging part for me when I was in that place was I could barely function and look after myself let alone contemplating the well-being of another being and so like that, it was that sort of tunnel vision. Right. But one of the things I did know that forced me to get out of the butchery was I knew that it was a toxic environment. Um, the masculinity, the mental illness, the addiction that was like rampant within that sort of ecosystem was intense. Wow. Um, and you saw it amongst all the people who worked there. They all had some degree of dysfunction, addiction to some extent. And I knew, and I just knew that like, you know, it was getting worse for me. Like when you wake up at 4am in the morning and start crying because you hate your jobs so much that you just don't know what to do with your life. Like I was in that place. And so the first step was leaving that, but really the pivotal moments, I think, and like you were saying, you can't really force someone to have this moment. But for me, I think what drew it out was a lot of personal development. So like, you know, being a bit of a personal development junkie and, and, you know, wanting to improve myself, I started, 
you know, recognizing a lot of patterns in my life and a lot of ways of thinking. And I think that really led me to seeing what veganism was. And I remember when I finally made that connection, it's funny because now I look back on some of my old, old Facebook memories and I had glimpses of veganism back in me a long time ago, but it was like under the surface. Yeah. So like I shared an image of a, a, a mother pig with a piglet and they were nose to nose and it was like a really beautiful moment. And I, and I remember why I shared it because back in New Zealand, there was a big um, court case going on about a mother that had beaten and, and killed her two young children. And I said, if only like, you know, humans could have the same love and compassion as these animals do. And I said that at the time, and I didn't make the connection that like my meals that I was eating were full of that suffering. And when I look back at that, I'm like, man, so much has changed. So much. So I think for me, it was like a series of cascading steps, like reading a certain book, having a certain epiphany, seeing a certain Facebook memory, and you start to connect it. And it's like a snowball. It just starts to get its own momentum. And I think that's when the door to veganism opens up, you know? Was it, was it weird for you at first? Because, um, you know, you're, you kind of like have that moment, what am I going to eat? What the heck am I going to eat? Right. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you kind of starve yourself or, or you're, you're like eating rice and beans all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I still do that. I mean, <laughs> I still eat rice and beans all the time because I love them and they're just great. Yeah. But, yeah. um, what, what, you know, when you first, started was it that it was that slow transition uh that slow education of like what to actually eat yeah well i mean you know and, and it's crazy because um my wife lauren is not uh she was never a big meat eater to begin with so for her veganism was easy she was already eating a lot of plant-based foods anyway whereas with me i was like a meat eating fanatic i, I cringed when i say it now because i realized the unconsciousness behind that but it is what it is right like i share it the vulnerability to say, Hey, like even a butcher who was like an avid meat eater can change and enjoy it. And so like, for me, it was, it happened over a period of about three or four weeks where I'd already stopped consuming dairy, man. Like I just, that was probably one of the first things I stopped consuming a long time ago. Cause I'd started picking up on the, the, just the, the things about it put me off it. Um, and I was never like, I sort of moved away. I was never a big eater of like cows or pigs because I don't know, I just wasn't, but it was like mainly chicken and fish and eggs. And, um, I found that rather than just stressing out being like, man, like, what am I going to like eat? I started adding things in that would crowd out the old foods as opposed to just like removing something and then having like a big void there and being like, what do I put here? So I would start adding in lentils and quinoa. I remember I used to hammer quinoa. Like that was like the first thing I just did like yeah. for every meal, quinoa, quinoa, quinoa coming out my brain. <laughs> um, and so I would add in all these other legumes and lentils and beans and chickpeas and things. And I would eat enough of those that it would slowly crowd the other foods out. And I remember the day, that I fully just let go. It was about three weeks into this process. And I never had the straightaway attention of like, I'm going to go vegan form. Like it was like an instinctual thing. Like it just resonated with me. And I knew that it was like, okay, it's time now. It's just, it's time to do it. Like there's nothing holding me back. It was like removing two eggs from my post-workout meal. And that was it. And it was so effortless. I just felt like I stepped off this bridge and I was floating. 
and it wasn't this like big scary leap of faith that people think it is yeah and and afterwards i was like damn is that it and 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 i was thinking to myself god like you know um i wonder if anything bad's going to happen like in terms of like how i feel and look dude nothing bad happened at all if anything all these good things happened and i as i went along the journey i'm like oh my god like nothing negative is happening at all yeah and i'm eating all these fine and i actually started eating more foods you know, more diverse foods. Dude. Like I started because it kind of forces you to be more aware of like food diversity. And I think that's a good thing. What, uh, you know, what's your, what's your daily regimen? Like, I know that listeners always want to know, okay, uh, yeah. what do you, what do you eat, you know, on a daily basis? Like, you know, for me, I don't, I don't typically eat breakfast like immediately, you know, I will wait a while. I'll have like, um, I love I love this green juice that I make. Like I have a green juice or something. Like if I'm headed to the gym in the morning, which you know uh, sometimes sometimes I do not as early as you, but sometimes yeah. um, I'll do like a like a beet juice, like a red beet juice with like some berries and stuff like that. But um, then I then I do the lunch and the dinner thing. I don't really think of like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, it's just kind of like yeah, just go along. But what what's your what's your thing? What's your routine? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm typically a creature of habit, but what I will do is I, I tend to rotate foods just based on instinct. So, um, you know, I train in the morning, like we were talking before the show started, um, you know, I'm an early morning person. So um, definitely, you know, tend to get up around sort of 5am. I don't set an alarm. I just try and wake up naturally, but I tend to wake up naturally early anyway. Um, and then what I will do is I go train, um, the one thing I do use, because I train in a, in a fasted state, um, so I'll use Brian's chain amino acids while I'm training. Um, but other than that, I don't eat before I train. Um, and then afterwards, typically it's usually like a smoothie, and I love doing like things like kiwis and grapes. Um, I find that post-workout, man, like, you know, the vitamin C from the kiwis, and just like, you know, the fact that the grapes, they, they digest so quickly, so they, you know, enter your system fast, which, you know, post-workout can be a good thing depending on your goal. Um, so it's typically like, you know, some, some fruits. Um, sometimes I might do some rice cakes with hummus. Um, I just find the hummus sort of satiates a little bit. Um, and then typically what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll work, I'll do a vegan nutritional programming all through the morning. And then I'll have like my first main big meal at maybe like 2 p.m. Like you were saying, like, I don't have, you know, like you don't have like a breakfast at 8 a.m., a lunch at 12, and it has to be bang, bang, bang. It's like I, I, sh I shift my meals around my energy state and around like my, my list of to-dos. But I still, pri I still make it a priority. Like it's still important, but I don't like make it the epicenter of my day. It's there to sort of like allow me to create energy, you know, to perform between those times. Um, for lunch, It'll usually be something like tempeh or tofu with um, rice. And I normally do like a huge bed of like greens and carrot and um, pickles and tomatoes and things like, like that. So bowl? It's like a yeah, bowl? dude, yeah. it's like a bowl. Yeah. So like I tend to, I, in my head, it's like layers. So like the bottom layer is like all your fibrous stuff. So it's like all the colored fibrous vegetables in the bottom. And I'll like, I'll go crazy on that. Like I'll really like add in a lot of those things. Cause yeah. I like that food volume. And then I'll do some brown rice or some, you know, basmati or jasmine or something on top. And then at the top of that, I'll do sort of tofu, tempeh, chickpeas, um, lentils, um, things like that. And then I'll throw maybe a bit of garlic and onion in there as well. Um, 
And then between meals, again, I'll have like some fruit as a snack. And then typically, man, like my dinner is kind of similar, but what I will do instead of having like a sort of a salad, like a cooler fibrous base, I'll do like some steamed broccoli and green beans as the base. And then on top of that, I'll do the rice or quinoa couscous and then the other stuff on top. So it's pretty, it is pretty like standard. Like I don't, I don't get overly creative. I mean, sometimes we'll do like smoothie bowls and things like that or, um, you know, but all in all, like, like, you know, banana and ice cream, for example, we'll do stuff like that. But all in all, it's pretty much like fruit between meals and or sort of, you know, rice cakes um, or veggie sticks with nut butter and hummus. Um, and then those, those bowls that I said, I love macro bowls and stuff like that. So, you know, for like a macro bowl, you basically have your components of each meal. So you can, in your head, you can kind of, it's very easy to adjust it based yeah. on the goal. That's why I like it because in my head, I'm like, okay, you know, if I'm trying to lean out more, I'm going to double up on the fibrous vegetables and just pull back on a little bit of everything else. So the food volume is still the same, but the caloric load comes down a little bit. Fell off. Yeah. See, like, yeah. Explain that to me. Okay. Because if you're, if you're trying to bulk, you know, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, okay, calorie wise, uh, do you watch your calories? And I think the, the, the answer to that is kind of like, well, it depends on your goal, right? Everything depends on your goal. Like if you want to, if you want to gain muscle or gain, you know, any kind of mass, obviously you have to do the right type of training, but then the way that you eat and the certain things that you eat are different. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. So explain, explain, I guess the difference and you got programs to talk about all this. So folks, yeah. you got to go check out evolvealpha.com, <laughs> check those out. Well, and we'll talk about those in a, in a minute yeah. too. But, um, you know, talk, talk to me about the difference between, you know, trying to lean out and trying yeah. to bulk up. Can you do both at the same time? I know our buddy, yeah. Jeff Morgan, you know, yeah. he, was, he was trying to do that and yeah. he struggled that. Yeah. Hey guys, what's up? Corey back in the studio real quick. I am loving this interview with Frazier. We're going to find out how to bulk up and lean out as soon as possible, but I promised you, I would tell you more about the four sigmatic mushroom coffee so i'm just going to give you a little spiel on it real quick and then tell you about that affiliate code where you can get your 15 percent off okay so it's not portobello's right this is not portobello mushrooms these are not mushrooms you find in the store these are very special medicinal mushrooms now aside from supporting energy stamina and athletic performance cordyceps which is one of the main things in their mushroom coffee have been studied for their strong antioxidant properties now this includes an immune system supporting chaga uh, which we talked about earlier and it tastes like coffee it does not taste like mushrooms it's not weird i promise Um, it's organic it's vegan it's paleo it's sugar-free and it's dairy-free Here's the better thing. There's no jitters, there's no crash, and you will have no stomach issues with this coffee. It's making coffee better in a sense. And and look, there's no long line, right? You don't have to stand in line. You can drink it anywhere. You can drink it in your house. It's absolutely incredible. Guys, I'm a massive fan of it. I have two of them a day. I am not a coffee drinker, but this is great because it gives me a little boost of energy and it also mellows me out. It, you know, brings my cortisol levels down, which helps me chill out a little bit because I got a lot of stuff going on and I really don't like putting a ton of caffeine on my body. So, Uh, It has about half the caffeine of a normal cup of coffee, but then you've got the wonderful medicinal mushrooms, which are helping you out. Um, And then, hey, what what if you're an athlete, okay? I want to talk to you about this. 
It helps you lower your cortisol levels, which can help you perform better as an athlete, but it can also boost your energy and your endurance by over 50% from some athletic studies that they used to kind of show their case for this thing. It increases the energy levels and the chaga in the mushrooms, the chaga mushrooms, are strong in zinc and they help make the coffee less acidic. So it supports so many different things in your body, guys. I can't tell you enough how amazing this product is. I use it every single day. I love it. And I'm so glad that they're a sponsor for the show. They gave me an affiliate code that I can give to you that will give you 15% off. All you have to do is visit foursigmatic.com slash leangreendad. That's F-O-U-R, sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash leangreendad. And the discount is automatically applied if you just check out there. You, there's so many different products you can get. I've got the um, hot cacao mix. I've got the, the mushroom coffee mix with the cordyceps and chaga. And there's a ton of other products that I'll be talking about for the next few months with this brand. So... Thank you for listening. Now let's find out how to continue bulking up and leaning out with the man himself, Fraser Bailey. So the first thing, like, you know, like what Jeff did is, is pretty much what's called like body recomposition. So with body recomposition, typically what you'll find is that it's achievable in a certain type of people. So it's achievable in total beginners. It's achievable in people who have come off an injury. And they lost some muscle mass, but they, they had the, gen, the base before. It's achievable in someone who has been training a certain way and they kind of hit a plateau, but now they've, they've changed their training systems that have like forced them to like a new, new level. And so like I think for Jeff, it was more like coming off a hiatus and training is cha- uh, changing his training, mm. which allowed him to body recomp. If you're like more advanced and you're already sort of at your training capacity, it's much harder to recomp. Like I wouldn't really be able to recomp where I'm at now. I would have to pick one or the other, but you can do like micro cycles. So hmm. you, you could do like two to four week bursts of deficit and surplus, even down on a weekly level. So Body recomping, think of it as like a tightrope walk. It's more of a fine balance because you can go either way too much, too much in a surplus and you'll gain body fat or you won't lean out and too much in a deficit and you won't gain muscle mass. So as long as you stay within the middle a little bit and toggle a little bit on either side of that maintenance level, which again, you have to kind of figure out where your maintenance level is, which is another challenge in itself. But you can definitely body recomp, especially for people who haven't done a lot of weight training before and they're new to it or they've come off a break. Those people typically like hyper responsive. In terms of like just muscle building or fat loss, what you'll, the cool thing is, is that not a lot really has to change. The only thing that really changes between the two of them is your total caloric intake. That's really the main thing. There are smaller variables, like sometimes the way you train might change. You might do a little bit more heavy lifting, low volume stuff when you're in the bigger surplus because you can recover quicker because you have more nutrients to help recovery. When you're in a deficit, you do lose a little bit of that micronutrient density. So your recovery can be a little bit slower. It's not to say that it's slow, but it's slower. Right. And so you can't necessarily handle as much of the volume and stuff. So you can't just be dependent on training to get you lean. You have to be more diligent with your diet. So the only thing that really changes is your total calorie intake. So like what I'll 
explain to people is like that explanation I just gave you to bef before about my, my daily diet. I'll give you an example. Like if I was in like a, like a true mass building phase and I really wanted to focus on strength and those types of things, I would still have my fibrous vegetables because you always want that obviously, right? But you would, add, I would be adding in things, more hummus, um, more avocado, more nut butters. Um, I would be going a little bit heavier on the starch portions. Because the things that you're mentioning are higher in calories, right? Exactly, dude. So that way you get the total calorie intake up without adding more volume in. Yeah. And all I would be doing when I'm cutting is I still need that, that volume to feel some degree of satiation. It never works 100%, but it's like a buffer. So you would pull down, you know, your fat, especially the fat portions tend to come off first because it's nine calorie, nine, nine calories per gram. So it's very calorically dense. So you can strip away even 50% of what you're doing and you drop a hundred calories, right? So say instead of doing, um, you know, a, a whole small avocado for lunch, you do half of one and straight away you might drop by a hundred, 200 calories. Mm. Um, and then you take, the, you add a little bit of extra green fibrous vegetables in. So your food volume, the total weight is still the same, but the, it's more cal calorically shallow. Um, and that's really the difference. That's only the difference. You don't really have like bulking and cutting foods. You just have ratios. And as long as you pull the, the calorie dense things down a little bit and increase the calorically light foods, which tend to be the good stuff anyway, or your colorful fibrous veg, increase that and you'll start to get into a fat loss zone. Equally, increase the, the dense stuff, and you'll be into more of like a mass building zone. And, and there, when it goes to the workouts, um, you know, there's, there's, I forget what this is called, but there's a specific type of training that you do where, you know, like where you're holding the, the bar and you were doing those squats until you just couldn't do them anymore. Uh, I remember a video of you just like doing yeah. squat after squat after squat. <laughs> And I forget what that type of training is called, but it's, it's not just to failure. It's, it's something else, right? What is it? Like, I mean, there's, there's a couple of different methods and I mean, I know that GF uses some of them as well. So there's drop sets and there is, you know, like German volume training is, is the type of training where it's like 10 by 10. And that really takes you to the limit. Like you li literally have to be getting like close to mechanical failure on that 10th rep. And that's tough. dude. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I use a lot is rest pauses. So rest pauses are where you, um, you push out a set of, your, of whatever the target weight is. You rest for about five or 10 seconds, and then you do as many more as you can. Wow. That, that little, I actually found that a, a rest pause is probably the best way to facilitate strength and growth out of all those techniques because hmm. you're not just relying on adding in tons of extra volume like, you know, with drop sets and supersets, you add in a lot of volume, which forces growth, but there's only so much of that your joints and ligaments and body can handle before you, everything stiffens up. And um, so with rest pausing, it allows you to hit that, that max without actually going to failure, which one saves your nervous system a little bit, right? And also helps prevent injury. So that way you're not taking it like to full on mechanical failure where injury zones happen. So like, I'll give you an example. Like if I'm doing like a, uh, I'm trying to think of a, you know, like a deadlift. Um, and you'd have to be careful because obviously you don't want your form to break down to the point where injury happens. But, you know, you might hit whatever your max effort is for 10 reps. You do that. And then you rest for 10 or 15 seconds and you push out another one or two. Normally you would have stopped. 
But that extra one or two is the overload. That's where the most change happens. And people forget that. They, don't, they think that the first 10 reps are like all really important. That stuff's important, but you need to fatigue the muscle to get to that mechanical overload. And then the last few are the magic. So, mm. yeah. That, yeah, that's a big way to think about it. I mean, most people don't think that strategically when they get into the gym, right? It's just yeah. they, they're eight reps and they're done or they do their 10 reps and they're done. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think when you're starting off, that's good. You know, when you're first yeah, starting off yeah. and you're like, okay, I haven't worked out in a long time. I'm trying to get my body used to working out again. You know, do your 10 to 15 reps, call it a day. Yeah. Uh, do, do three sets of 10 to 15 and then call it a day. But then yeah. once you get more specific, when do you increase the weight? How much do you increase it? You know, you don't want to go much more than 5% or else you're looking at injuries, stuff like that. Um, yeah. that's, that's all very important. And, I, and I'm assuming in your programs, like all, all of that's in there, yeah? Yeah, so like we factor in all those things. So periodization, so the rep ranges change because you can't keep hitting like heavy max effort weight every week. Yeah. You have to undulate things. So like it's period, what's called periodized where it allows for cycles where you peak and then you deload and you kind of recover and then you peak again. So all that stuff is definitely, I think it's important. Like as a beginner, you don't, that stuff's not super, super important. Like you were saying, you could get into the gym and just hit your three sets of 10 and kind of push yourself a little bit and you'd see results. But once you get past those sort of real raw newbie gains, which last for a couple of months, then the periodization, then the, the you know, all those other things will really make a huge difference. Um, in terms of your progress. Did you call them newbie gains? Is that what you just call yeah. them? <laughs> yeah. So the newbie gains is like when you basically like in the gym and you just like look at a weight and you just like grow from just looking at it. <laughs> like dude, like the, the, the newbie gains make me jealous because I see like these people in the gym and I'm like, and they transform so quickly and I'm like, and, and they're not even like putting in like a, a huge amount of effort, but it's yeah. because they're so far from the genetic potential. Yeah. I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's amazing. I, yeah. Newbie gains. That's great. I want to get some more newbie gains, but you, newbie can't, gains, man. you can't get newbie gains when you uh, intermediate. Are a newbie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Lord. Um, okay. So, with let's talk about you for a little bit and, yeah. and what you got going on in your programs. Um, you know, there's, there's three things that we talked about uh, when I when I saw your your site. Where are those three things? I wrote them down. Hold on. There's three things. Okay, eat, train, and inspire. We talked about eating. We talked a little bit about the training and yeah. the inspiration. Talk, you know, how does that weave into your programs? And then talk to me about the programs overall. Sure. Um, look, you know, like with inspiration and inspire. Um, it comes in many forms, you know, and like one of the things that we often talk about is, you know, in regarding veganism and a plant-based diet and stuff like that is be a walking billboard. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to say a certain message and there are a lot of effective advocates out there who aren't necessarily in amazing shape, but they're just very good with the way they articulate their conversations. But I often think to myself, you'd be even more effective if you were like super, like you don't have to be like jacked like a gorilla, right? You just have to be like healthy. And, and obviously you do want to define healthy, but so inspire is basically like becoming the strongest form of yourself. And even if it's just inspiring your loved ones to make some form of positive change, you don't have to go out there and like change 50 million people. Like, and that's not to say that you can't do that, but I think inspiring starts from like the grassroots. 
And, you know, one of the, I'll give you an example. Like we've recently just went back to New Zealand to visit my family for the first time in four years. And my brother, who I love, you know, a lot, he is a year and a half younger than me, um, a single father, hardworking, he's a carpenter. So he builds houses, um, lives in a small town in New Zealand. So being small town in New Zealand is not congruent with like veganism or plant-based diets because people don't even know what that is. And the second thing is that being in that industry, veganism is not a thing either. But he was like all in. Like as soon as we got there, he was eating all the meals that we were making him. He wanted to go grocery shopping with us. He wanted to learn. He's been sending me pictures um, on his phone of all the stuff he's been making. And for me, like to, to, hit, to inspire that change in him, and I never once forced him. I never pressured him. I never told him like why he should do this and, like, and, and gave him the negative associations about it. I just let him do his thing. And he found his way here. And for me, inspiring could just be changing someone you love. And so like for me, that was a, a massive fulfilling thing in my own life, like seeing him make that vegan switch. Um, you know, just so proud of him. And if that's the only person that I inspire to change, I'm happy. But I know that by putting ourselves out there on social media, like you do with your podcast and what you do and with what we do, we're putting ourselves out there as an example and so for me, inspiring people, it's not just about like how much weight can you lift or like how many abs do you have popping out? It's, it's, it's actually less about that. And it's more about like how much value are you adding to other people's lives? How much are you actually giving other people with no expectation of return? That's the, that's the caveat is like how much are you giving without expecting back? And so for me, I go into the Plant Strong Fitness Group every day. And my main thing is like, what, where is the biggest value I can add today with these people? And I'll go in and I'm commenting in people's posts and I'm replying and I'm giving value and adding things. And I never, I very rarely like get salesy or push our programs. In fact, our other clients tend to come in and do that for me because they're like, man, this person needs like my help. So they're kind of like the warriors for us in a way. Um, but inspiring, dude, it just comes back to like being, a, you know, like a good parent, a good sibling, a good husband, a good, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But I think leading people into veganism and plant-based diets and stuff, because I ultimately truly feel like it gives you so much more than just a diet. It gives you, as I'm sure like, you know, it gives you like a way of thinking. It's a paradigm shift. And I think you start to see the world completely differently. And I think it makes you a, a much, much more cognizant, conscious person. Yeah, I agree. The, the compassion that you feel yeah. just overall oh. for anyone. I mean, you know, it's so easy totally. in life. You know, you're driving down the road, someone cuts you off. It's easy to just start screaming and yelling and just get yourself so upset. Yeah, flick yeah. them off or whatever. But, you know, just to take a second um, and just think about maybe that person's got something else going on. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe they're on the way to the hospital to, to see a loved one and they're just not really thinking about other people around them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that, that is a true compassion that I think all humanity could use right now. Um, yeah. especially with, you know, not to get all political, but you know, our, our president, the, yeah. our president, the way that he is and everything, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, yeah. you want to, you want to be able to step outside of yourself and be yeah. aware of other people around you. And uh, yeah. And, and I think that's the thing, you know, that a lot of vegans should always remember as well, that it's not just compassion towards animals, it's compassion towards your fellow human. Yeah. And so like, and, and so like giving them respect and 
understanding where they're coming from. Like we talked about earlier on, like context, right? Context is everything, man. And um, just being that shining light in a place where it can feel kind of dark at times, you know, I think that's just super important. So that's inspire, man. That's what it means. Well, I mean, we've, we've got these people though that are in our community, our vegan community, and they're yeah. just like very aggressive, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't understand. I, I just want everybody to know that like not all vegan or plant-based people are like that. You know, most they, people aren't like that, man. You know, it's so tough. You know, I, th- I think that um, the loudest ones tend to get the most attention. Yeah. And, and then the people who, uh, inherently more compassionate towards other people are the ones who are not as outspoken and, you know, being outspoken in this society tends to give attention. Mm. And so I think it's usually the ones who are the loudest and it's just one of those things, man, like you were saying, like not everyone is like that. We don't get together in some vegan meetup and everyone is holding hands. Like there's a lot of vegan people that like I wouldn't be friends with. Um, I respect their decisions, but I wouldn't be friends with them because they're not on my wavelength. Right. Um, and it's just like anything. It's like, it'd be like going out in public. Like you're not going to be friends with every single person that you meet. Um, and so veganism is the same. And I think everyone advocates differently. And I don't think there's inherently like a right or wrong way, but I definitely feel like understanding someone's context. Like I feel like when you can understand human psychology and you can understand the art of sales, selling because you're selling an idea you're selling a concept whether you realize it or not so if you can hybridize the psychology of understanding people with the the art of sort of selling you become an effective advocate because you meet people where they are and you don't just you're not quick to judge you know you're you're quick to ask questions instead yeah it's true it's true Yeah. yeah Hey man, good stuff. I, uh, I, I gotta, we got to give a shout out to everybody uh, for, for listening in. And I want to make sure that we tell them where they can follow you. Yeah. So let, us, let us know that for sure. Where, where can we follow you on the website? Where can, uh, yeah. Social handles so, so yeah, first off, you know, I want to say thank you for having me on, man. I mean, it's been a fun conversation. It's gone too quick. Um, <laughs> but you can follow us over at um, Facebook. If you just search Evolving Alpha on Facebook, we are also at Evolving Alpha, one word on Instagram. Um, or you can go to our site, www.evolvingalpha.com. Or you can email me, Fraser at evolvingalpha.com. So those are our main places you can find us hanging out. So, Amazing. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for taking thank the time. Please, well, We'll uh, we'll keep in touch, and I'll uh, I'll definitely you know be wishing you all the best all the time, man. We we're in this thing together, so anything yeah. I can do to help, let me know. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey back in the studio. Hey, have you checked out our vegan meal plan? It's totally plant based and it's totally free for 30 days. So go check it out, leangreendad.com. You can find it on the homepage. Free 30 day meal plan through our meal planning app. Prepare. Hey, guys, thank you so much for making it through another episode of Lean Green Dad Radio. Uh, Fraser Bailey, what an excellent guest. I can't thank him enough, and I can't thank you enough. Seriously, thank you for tuning in and listening. Guys, I do this show for you every single week, and um, I really, really appreciate you listening. So I will talk to you next week. Until then, this is Corey saying keep going that extra mile for your family. See you next week.